We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's up packers nation welcome into another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks for being here today no big news notes anything we're going to jump right into our main topic if you missed it yesterday yesterday's topic was some potential trades that Green Bay could look into this offseason the only natural way to follow that up is with some potential free agents that Green Bay could look into this offseason and I'll put a couple of caveats ahead of this first and foremost remember that Green Bay loves looking at players that were released it doesn't affect the comp formula and that's a lot of times the sort of the bargain bin shopping that they do it's players that were just recently released released from another team. We haven't had players released yet. So there's probably a whole batch of players that could potentially be added to this list once the new season starts. Promise once those releases are made, if they're players that make sense, we'll definitely discuss them right here on the podcast, which would be a good time to tell you to subscribe if you haven't already. The second caveat here, just I guess fair warning here, For those of you who know me well enough, you know that this is not going to be a list of unrealistic names. This is going to be a realistic shopping list for the Packers this offseason, and you should know by now that Green Bay is in very likely, I guess in likelihood, not going to have real money to spend. Now, there are avenues and levers and switches that they can use to open up some cap space. And as I've gone over in some of my off-season, you know, sort of um, game plans and things that Green Bay can do, there are ways that they can go out and sign free agents. But as a heads up, there's only one sort of big name free agent that I'm going to put on this list. And the rest are more of those bargain bin type shopping deals that Green Bay loves and are going to have to operate in. Whether Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love is at quarterback, that's just the reality of this offseason. And again, Not to say that they probably couldn't add a a big name or two if they really wanted to go in that direction. I I just don't think it's super realistic, so I'm not going to go that way today. I will start off with the big name that I do think is at least a semi-real possibility for the Packers. 
That is tight end Mike Gesicki. He is number one on my list. Former, uh, I guess, current Dolphins tight end, probably soon to be former Dolphins tight end. If you look at Pro Football Focus and their, you know, sort of guesstimate as to what he's going to make on the open market, one year, 11 mil is what they're sort of estimating right now for him. And Gesicki is a little bit of a buyer beware. The biggest red flag here from a Green Bay standpoint is he's really not a blocker. But if Aaron Rodgers is back, or even if he's not, even if they do go the Jordan Love direction, this is a team that is in desperate need of any sort of production from a receiving standpoint at the tight end position. And Mike Gesicki would certainly give you that. He is primarily a receiving tight end. You could almost label him more as a big wide receiver. He doesn't have real, what I would call ideal production for if you're... If, if you're looking at like a big time tight end who doesn't really block, you're probably thinking like, all right, I need sort of like Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gates, you know, Tony Gonzalez, whoever, you know, Rob Gronkowski type numbers, right? Gesicki hasn't given you that sort of upside. So you are paying here for a solid to good receiving tight end who isn't great at that at least hasn't been so far in his career and doesn't really block at all. So there is, a, like I said, a little bit of a buyer beware aspect to this. The, from a good news standpoint, he's been incredibly durable through the course of his career so far. He did show just in 2021 that he's capable of having a 73 catch season. When is the last time a Packers tight end had that type of ability uh, to sort of get open and just be a real legitimate threat in the passing game? And he does have 18 career touchdowns. This is a team that is in desperate 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 need of somebody who can be a legitimate weapon in the red zone. I promise you, this is a tight end that if Aaron Rodgers were to have him at his disposal, is going to become a legitimate red zone threat with number 12 throwing the football and should be even if it's Jordan Love throwing the football as well. The, the couple things that I really like about this, I am a pretty big believer that drafting tight ends is sort of foolhardy. If you look at early production out of tight ends, it's not great. And a lot of tight ends in the NFL actually start to break out around the time of their second contract. So just by the time that they're starting to become a legitimate NFL player, uh, they are now eligible for a free agency. And this is actually the time that I really like to target free agents tight ends where maybe they haven't had that career like Mike Kosicki. I think what top second round pick and you're expecting him to have this, you know, big time career and he hasn't really had it up until this point. Now is the time that I think you strike and go get that player where he probably is now going to be able to come into his own a little bit. Tight end is one of the toughest positions to learn in the NFL because imagine needing to learn all the nuances of what a wide receiver basically does, how to release off the line of scrimmage, how to get open, how to use leverage, all of those aspects with also all the aspects of like an offensive lineman as well. How to, you know, how to pass protect, how to run block, how to pick up blitzes. There is so much that goes into that position and you're throwing a ton at these young players, many of whom had one specific role in college, either the blocking tight end or the receiving tight end, and very often not both of them. So the learning curve at tight end is steep. And like I said, it's usually about the time of their second contract that you start seeing these players break out. Furthermore, Gesicki hasn't had a real legitimate quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Now, the jury would be out if it's Jordan Love at quarterback, if that would, if he would still have one in Green Bay, we shall see. But if it is Aaron Rodgers, that would 
very arguably be the best quarterback that he's ever played with. And maybe that's another reason why he can, you know, sort of have another level of production unlocked that he hasn't exactly been able to meet in Miami so far. So there are reasons I like this signing. I do think it gives Green Bay another weapon on this team. And if you are going more towards an all-in type of scenario, if you can find one more, you know, sort of playmaker at wide receiver to go with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson with Gesicki at tight end, Aaron Jones and Dylan at running back. Now you're starting to cook a little bit with what you can do with this wide receiver core, tight end core. You probably get Randall Cobb back if Rodgers is back. Like I said, you're probably one veteran wide receiver away from really being able to put together a fairly impressive offense, assuming Gesicki is there and probably Mercedes Lewis is back to come and be more of your blocking tight end. So that would be probably the, the biggest, not probably, he's going to be the biggest name that we're going to talk about today. I do think there is a possibility that Green Bay could pursue him. Probably more likely if it's Rodgers being back and much less likely if it's it's Love being QB, but they need to revamp this tight end position and Mike Kosicki would go a long way in doing that. Let's stick with the tight end position. Number two on my list, and this is more your bargain bin free agent shopping at tight end, and that's Josh Oliver of the Baltimore Ravens. He became a... I don't want to say like a legitimate option for the Ravens, but this was his breakout season for Baltimore. And they use a lot of three tight end sets, two tight end sets, and Josh Oliver became a part of that. He's become a really good blocking tight end. He had the best year of his career. He turns 26 in March. He is 6'5", 259, so he has really good size, solid hands. As mentioned, he does the work in the blocking game, whether as a uh, pass protector, whether as a run blocker, some of the little screens to the outside. He would fit very, very well in this Matt LaFleur offense, would give you some of, like not quite the Mercedes Lewis blocking, but he would give you some of that, but actually be a, a little bit more of a threat down the field as an actual tight end. He, the, the downside here is he only has 26 career receptions for 230 career yards and two career touchdowns. The bonus is, like I said, he's coming off the best year of his career, look like a legitimate tight end in Baltimore. Also, we're talking about second contract tight ends here. He looks like he's starting to put things together and he looks like he's ready to sort of break out. He has very minimal wear and tear, very minimal lifetime snaps on his body. And this, if, if I were going bargain bin shopping tomorrow and I had to take a legitimate flyer on a tight end who I think is ready to break out and could be even better than he's shown in his career so far, sign me up for Josh Oliver at worst case scenario. At worst case scenario, you are getting a very sound blocking tight end. Best case, you get somebody who's ready to become a real true all around tight end. Probably never going to be somebody who catches 50, 60 balls, but I do think in the right situation, this could be somebody who catches 40 passes for 400 yards, four or five touchdowns, and does a lot of the dirty work for you. So Josh Oliver, a name I would definitely keep an eye on for Green Bay this offseason. This is a tight end position that could be very, very slim. Tunyon could be gone. Lewis could be gone or could retire. Like probably Tyler Davis is, is back on some sort of small deal. I would expect, you know, Josiah DeGuara to be in that H-back fullback role, but they need bodies. And Josh Oliver, I think would actually go a decent way. And maybe he's just more of a, a lifetime number two tight end. I still think there's value in that. And I still would pursue him if I were Brian Gutekunst and company. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's move to wide receiver. There's two wide receivers on my list. Let's start with Paris Campbell. Now, where I want to start with Paris Campbell is in one very key distinction. Pro, uh, I think it was, I forget which one was which. I think it was Spotrack actually, who had Paris Campbell's expected contract to be one year, $2.5 million dollars. Sign me up. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him at three years, $23 million. Do not sign me up. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. If it's any, if it's a lot more over the $2.5 million on a one-year deal, to be honest, I'm really not that interested. But if Paris Campbell sees free agency come and go and he's looking more in that three-ish million range, then I think there's a legitimate reason why Green Bay might want to go and take a closer look at Paris Campbell. This is somebody who has not played in a ton of games. He's only played in 32 games in four seasons. If you're good at math, averaging eight games per year, that's not a lot. He's had some wear and tear on his body. The good news is he has speed for days. He fits in the offense. He'd be their primary slot wide receiver, six foot 208. So he kind of meets some of those height and size thresholds for Green Bay as well. You know, overall, you would expect him to be this sort of playmaking receiver with the ball in his hands, but this past year, he's only had 63 catches for 623 yards, which is only 9.9 yards per reception, which is very, very low. Now, this was Matt Ryan and a variety of quarterbacks that came in when they benched Ryan, brought Ryan back, benched Ryan, etc. So you can, he had a much better yards per reception, at least a little bit better earlier in his career. But I don't think he's the player that anyone expected him to be coming out. Like I said, he's had some wear and tear in his body. He only has five career touchdowns. But I do think he is still a talented player that does fit within this Matt LaFleur scheme. If you're going bargain bin shopping, you're going to have to take a little bit more risk. A player like a Devondre Campbell, who had all of the talent in the world, but just didn't show it up until that point. A player like Razul Douglas, who had been basically cut by three teams in that season, but was at one point a third round pick and showed the talent and the upside to be a starter in this league. You know, Green Bay takes some of these gambles on these players. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. But Paris Campbell is one of those that I think they could take a flyer on if the price is right. Closer to that one year, 2.53 million, he sounds about right. Anything more than that, and it's probably a pass at that point. Another wide receiver on my list is Darius Slayton from the Giants. 
The sort of valuation here is about a two-year, $7 million deal. I love that deal for Darius Slayton. I do think he's a bit of a risk-reward wide receiver. You're going to see some plays where he looks a little bit checked out. You're going to see some drops. You're going to see some just sort of um, disappearing act at times. A little bit of MVS to Darius Slayton's game, but sort of in both ways. You will see him make some some big-time plays down the field, uh, but you also see, like I said, see some of that other stuff that you're not so fond of, some of the drops and things like that. 6'1", 194, also has speed for days. He can stretch the field. He gives you a legitimate wide receiver on the outside. And if you have Slayton and Watson on the outside, that gives you a couple vertical threats and is going to open up some things in the intermediate, hopefully for your tight ends, running backs, slot receivers, etc. Romeo Dobbs can play a little bit in the slot too. I do think that's going to open some stuff up underneath. So I do like him as a potential option. If you do go out and get a Darius Slayton, you shouldn't be expecting this game-breaking dynamic wide receiver that's going to change your offense. But I do think he's a very usable piece that whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, I think just having that speed on the outside and somebody that can sort of grab the attention of opposing defenses from time to time is something that has some value. So, uh, you know, he has three out of his four seasons with over 15 yards per reception, which shows some of that deep speed and um, just sort of the, the playmaking ability that he has. He has 15 career touchdowns and while only seven of those were in the last few years, he did show in his rookie year that he can be a big time player as he had eight touchdowns in his rookie season. So Darius Slayton, New York Giants, another player that I would have my eye on in the bargain bin if I were the Packers. All right, let's give two different positions that may may or may not uh, really whet the appetite all that much, but quarterback, I'm going to go with Drew Locke here. Now, one of the things I need to point out here is when I'm talking trades, when I'm talking uh, free agent signings, when I'm talking things that Green Bay could do in an offseason, sometimes you will very clearly hear me say, this is what I would do. This is what I think they should do. Drew Locke isn't necessarily something that I'm salivating over Green Bay going and getting. However, we do need to remember that all reports indicated that Green Bay really liked Drew Locke coming out of the draft. And if one of two scenarios unfold, either Aaron Rodgers is traded or Jordan Love is traded, they do have a need for a second quarterback. And while I do believe in either scenario, whether it's Rodgers coming back and Love is traded, that they would love to go get a early quarterback again to sort of re-kick off that process. And while I do think that even if Love is the QB, that they'd probably prefer to get a second QB via the draft, you can argue that they would probably want a veteran quarterback to at least come in and have the opportunity to maybe you know, uh, compete for that number two position. And I think in both scenarios, if it's Jordan Love as your quarterback, having at least a veteran there that you thought highly of coming out of the draft does make some sense. And if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's Aaron Rodgers and you're trading away Jordan Love, you are clearly once again in an all-in scenario and spending an early draft pick now on a quarterback again after you just traded away Jordan Love, the optics on that are just brutal. So it to me, you go out and you get Drew Locke as your backup in that scenario. You still have a little bit of a lottery ticket. The lottery tics, ticket's odds of paying off are probably like one in a trillion, but it's a small lottery ticket. Again, somebody that they really liked and gives you a solid backup should Rodgers go down for a few games. So Drew Locke would be another player, if the price is right, that I could see Green Bay pursuing, specifically because it had been reported that Green Bay really, really liked him during that draft uh, process during when he was initially drafted. The next one is actually a former Green Bay Packers sort of. I think it was only in uh, the offseason, but feel free to correct me in the comments below if I'm incorrect on this. And that is long snapper Tabor Pepper, he is only 29 years old, coming off a season with the San Francisco 49ers. I 
don't want to talk long snapper anymore. I don't want to talk Jack Coco. I don't want to talk Hunter Bradley. I don't, I don't want to talk about long snappers for the next 10 years. You know what? Tabor Pepper is 29 years old. In the NFL, you've got like a shelf life of like, you know, tell you're 38, 39 at long snapper. Tabor Pepper probably has a job in the NFL for another eight or nine years. Just sign me up for eight or nine years, like sign him to an eight-year deal. Just go out, get Tabor Pepper. It's a fun name to say. It's as good as any other option out there. He's been a legitimate long snapper in this league for four, five, six years, whatever it's been now. Just give me some Tabor Pepper so I don't have to even think about long snapper for the next five, six years. That's where I'm at with Tabor Pepper. So a fun aside there, but I'm all in on the Tabor Pepper bandwagon, and and we're just going to leave it at that. And we're going to end with three potential safeties. We know that the safety position is in dire straits. First and foremost, you have Adrian Amos, who I can't imagine is going to be back with the Packers. He lost two or three steps this past off season or this past season, did not look like himself. His contract voids, it just makes all the sense in the world. And it wouldn't surprise me also if some other team actually valued Amos and actually gave him a decent deal, which Green Bay would be silly to match just based on how his play was a season ago. So I would be surprised if he was back. We've talked about Darnell Savage a ton and how I guarantee you Green Bay would love to get off that deal. Chad Forbes uh, was somebody else who actually uh, just yesterday posted that in a trade that he would expect Darnell Savage to potentially be part of an Aaron Rodgers trade as well for Green Bay to get off that deal. If that happens, if Amos is gone and Savage is gone, Rudy Ford's a free agent, Dallin Lovett's a free agent, all of a sudden you're looking at that room and you're looking at Tariq Carpenter, maybe Ennis Gaines, like... There's just not a ton there. And I actually think Ennis Gaines could potentially be a player. I talked about that with Justice Mosqueda a little bit. I think if you've got really good 10 starters, I think Ennis Gaines can be your 11th and you can feel okay about that legitimately. But no matter what happens, you need to upgrade the safety position. You need to bring in competition. You need to bring in some players. I'm sure some of that is going to be via the draft, but free agency makes a lot of sense as well. The first name, and I've talked about this player a little bit this offseason already, is Juan Thornhill. The expected contract, uh, at least I think this one was per uh, PFF, two years, 11 million for Thornhill. The best thing you can say about Juan Thornhill, he's a good safety. He's not great. He's not spectacular. He's certainly not bad. He's he's a good safety. He's played a ton of snaps for the Chiefs. He's going to be part of their Super Bowl defense. He's six feet, 205. He fits the system. He's not going to break the bank. At least I don't think he's going to. And you're hoping that maybe he can get slightly better in a new situation, in a new defense. He's been extremely durable. He has eight career interceptions, including three this past season. He's just a good sound player. And you know what you sometimes just need at safety? A good sound player. Like I said, do I think he's going to completely change how Green Bay plays defense? No, but you have to remember, Joe Barry loves playing two high safeties. He wants to keep those guys deep. And Juan Thornhill can do that extremely well without breaking the bank. So Thornhill to me is somebody that makes a lot of sense. Quite frankly, I like Thornhill coming out of college more than I like Darnell Savage in that draft that's another story for another day, but this would potentially be a way to sort of go back in that direction, go back in time and maybe course correct a little bit, go with Thornhill and maybe get a, a little bit of an upgrade there at the safety position. The second name is not a super fun, sexy name to necessarily discuss, but it's Deron Harmon from the Raiders. Now, Deron Harmon is old, he's slow, and he's not exactly what you're you know hoping for in an ideal NFL situation, but he's cheap. Probably a one year, 1.5, one year, $2 million type of deal at safety. 
how I would characterize Deron Harmon, actually Harmon had a better year, I think last year than actually Amos did last year, but he's cheap Adrian Amos. Somebody's going to pay Adrian Amos. Nobody's probably going to pay Deron Harmon, at least not that much. And he's actually coming off a pretty nice year for the Raiders. He is cheap Adrian Amos. He's going to be probably a third of the cost and you might get as good, if not better production actually out of Harmon. I'm actually a pretty firm believer as well that you can get away with one grizzled veteran sort of field commander safety that isn't going to do anything spectacular. Now, in an ideal world, you have a really good safety next to him and Green Bay is probably not going to have that. But Thorn, like a Juan Thornhill, Deron Harmon safety duo, it's not great. You got Innis Gaines maybe as your number three, Tariq Carpenter maybe as your number four. You would love to be a lot better than that. I'm not going to deny that whatsoever. But if everything else was good, if Jair plays well, Stokes plays well, Douglas plays well, Campbell and Quay play better, Rashawn Gary and, you know, Enigbari and Preston play well, and Clark and Wyatt and, and Slayton can hold up at the point of attack up front. I think you can be just fine with like a, a Juan Thornhill, uh, you know, Deron Harmon, you know, safety duo. I really do. And I do think those two would actually complement each other well. And remember, these are, you know, two high safeties more often than not. And if you need to drop somebody in the box, Deron Harmon does that very well. And if you need to play some single high safety, you know what? Juan Thornhill can do a little bit of, of that as well. And you could potentially get Juan Thornhill and Deron Harmon for about the price that you'd be potentially paying like Adrian Amos on the open market. So that is a duo that I think actually could make some sense. I know a lot of this isn't super sexy guys, but like, it's just the reality of where Green Bay is with, with cash available and what they can actually go get in the free agent market. And I'm going to save the last for my, my best for last, the one I'm actually most excited about and actually legitimately think Green Bay very much might be interested in, a player you might not have ever heard of. That is a safety for the Washington Commanders, Jeremy Reeves. Reeves, first and foremost, has 780 career snaps on special teams. And this past year, Pro Football Focus had him graded as one of the best special teams player with a 91.1 special teams grade in 2022. Meanwhile, they had a 72.4 grade on him at safety, an 84.1 grade on him in 2020, and he only turns 27 in August. This is basically your Keyshawn Nixon signing in a way all over again. Somebody that had minimal snaps on defense, but when he had them, he made the most of them, has been a star player on special teams, and somebody that Rich Passaccia is probably going to be extremely interested. Doesn't have the familiarity with Rich Passaccia, but somebody still that I'm sure Rich Passaccia knows about and would probably love to have. Now, Dallin Lovett, Rudy Ford, both probably going to be very much Keyshawn Nixon as well on Rich Passaccia's radar and wanting to get those three guys back. But Jeremy Reeves, even if Lovett's back, even if Ford is back, Jeremy Reeves to me is somebody who could be maybe that second safety and play a little bit more than what he ever did for the commanders. Not ideal. Like I said, I think you wanted a much better player and a better upgrade there. But I wouldn't be surprised if Reeves came in and had a, a similar Keyshawn Nixon type of impact where you can play him 400, 500 snaps on the season and be fairly okay with what he gives you. And meanwhile, he's probably going to be one of your better special teams players, not, not only on the team, but maybe in the league. That is a player who not a lot of uh, people are going to talk about, who is probably going to be a very small free agent cap hit and is a player that I think fits Green Bay so incredibly well because of the special teams value. They need depth at safety and in minimal snaps at safety, he's actually played pretty darn well. 
That is going to do it for me today. Just to recap really quick, some free agent names I think we can keep an eye on. Mike Kosicki at tight end, Josh Oliver at tight end, Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton at wide receiver, Drew Locke at quarterback, all aboard the Tabor Pepper bandwagon at long snapper, and then Juan Thornhill, Deron Harmon, and Jeremy Reeves at safety. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 365 days a year. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.